You can't just wear any kind of shoes when you're on the battlefield for your Lord. It, it matters what shoes you are wearing. And Nike shoes and Adidas shoes and New Balance shoes and all the other shoes just won't cut it when you're on the battlefield for your Lord. You need gospel shoes. And that's what Paul presents to his readers today. He points out gospel shoes. And it's as if the Apostle Paul is taking his readers into the equipment room to get the equipment they need for the battlefield, the armor that they need to wear because they are soldiers in the army of Jesus Christ. They are Christian warriors. And he takes them in there, and he's taking us in our passage into that equipment room. And thus far, he has pointed out the belt of truth, and he's pointed out the breastplate of righteousness. But now he points out the gospel shoes that are important when it comes to spiritual warfare. And so I want us to join Paul in the equipment room as he talks about these gospel shoes that are so critical and so important in the battle in the war that you and I are in. You do know that there's a war going on. And whether you choose to be involved in it or not, as a believer, you're in the war. And so we need to really take heed to what Paul says in this passage. And what I want you to notice, when Paul takes us into this equipment room, he points to the gospel shoes. And as he points to those gospel shoes, there's something that he wants to say. He wants to give a synopsis of these gospel shoes. He wants to give a summary about these gospel shoes. And he accomplishes that when he says in verse 15, and having shod your feet, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What he's doing is giving a summary. He's giving insight into these gospel shoes. He's pointing to the third piece of armor that the Christian soldier is to wear on the battlefield. Paul has stressed to his readers that when it comes to the spiritual war that we're involved in, that putting on the full armor of God is absolutely essential. He said it twice. He said it in verse 11. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes and strategies and the methodologies of the devil, the arch enemy of our soul, has methods, has devices, has strategies to cause God's people to be unsuccessful, to be defeated in this battle. And Paul says if you're going to be successful, if you're going to stand firm, you got to put on the full armor of God. And he wasn't satisfied with just saying it once. He says it again in verse 13. He, he says, 
Take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to withstand or stand against in the evil day, in the day that Satan and his demonic forces seek to do you bad and and to ruin you. Paul says, put on that full armor so that you can resist, so that you can stand against, so that you can withstand. And then he said, and having done everything, make sure you are standing firm. So the full armor of God cannot be ignored by the Christian soldier. The full armor of God must be comprehended by the Christian warrior. This is what we have to wear. And so in verses 13, verses 14 through 17, Paul explains the full armor of God piece by piece by piece. He's very methodical. He's very slow. Uh, He wants us to understand that this armor that he refers to has to be a part of our life if we're going to honor God, if we're going to be able to stand firm. And so as I mentioned, he talked about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. But now in verse 15, he comes to a piece of armor that's kind of hard to really grasp and understand. So I'm going to need your help. You're going to have to hang in there with me as we look at this piece of armor because it is not crystal clear. Paul says to his readers, having shod your feet with the breastplate, I'm sorry, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We don't talk that way. We don't go around and saying, have you shod your feet? But this was a terminology that was common in the New Testament, so to speak. Typically, having shod was used with the idea of sandals. And so we find that in Mark chapter 6, verse 9, when the Lord Jesus Christ sent out his disciples, his 12 disciples, he sent them out. And he told him, basically, don't take anything with you, but there's a few items that you can take. Uh, One thing he says you can take are sandals. And in Mark 6, 9, the terminology is used of having shod your sandal. That is, having put on your sandal, wearing your sandals. So sandals are to be put on. Sandals are to be put on. Sandals are to be worn. And also, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 12, verse 8, an angel appears to Peter while he's in prison. And and the angel says, Peter, it's time to get up and to get out. And, And he tells him, put on, wear your sandals. And so this is the terminology. This is the picture of what Paul is talking about. Paul says having shod or having put on or having worn, but he doesn't mention sandals. He mentions feet. We don't wear feet. We don't put on feet. We put on sandals on our feet and that's what Paul is implying 
that, that sandals, shoes are to be put on our feet, having shot our feet with sandals. And, and in the ancient world, uh, shoes or sandals were common, but not everybody wore them. Many people walked around barefooted. But you've heard the illustration. You know that when our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was at, in that upper room with his uh, disciples, and they had traveled and he began to wash their feet. Why did he wash their feet? Because they wore sandals, and those sandals were open, and their feet would get dirty as they traveled on the dirty road. And so when a person was traveling, oftentimes they would put on sandals. But the soldier, particularly as he went to war, as he went to battle, would wear sandals or half boots. And those sandals, those boots would be strapped to the feet. And they would have leather ties to them. And they would have on the bottom like cleats or hobnob tails. And that all helped the individual to travel far and to stand firm. And so Paul is saying to you and Paul is saying to me that our feet are important when it comes to living for God, when it comes to this spiritual warfare. We have to make sure that we have shod our feet with what? With gospel shoes, with shoes that are fitted, with shoes that are proper for battle that you and I are involved in. And so that terminology, don't be frightened by it. When Paul says, having shod your feet, other translations say, having having fitted your feet, Uh, having put sandals on your feet, that's the imagery. Paul is now pointing to equipment in the equipment room. And their shoes. And those shoes are not to be hanging on the wall or to be on the ground, but those shoes have to be put on and worn as sandals, as boots, as we seek to stand firm on the battlefield of our Lord. But the picture, the imagery gets a little bit more complicated because Paul doesn't tell us to put on sandals. That's inferred, that's implied. What Paul tells his readers and us and every Christian who's in the battle, what he tells us to do is to shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's what we are to wear, the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I know that's a hard concept to register in our mind. It's kind of an unusual phrasing But I think once we understand what Paul is saying, it will become crystal clear. He's saying that the shoes that we are to put on are shoes that come from being prepared. Shoes that come from being ready. 
What God is asking of you and asking of me, what Paul is saying when he talks about this piece of armor, have your feet shod with being ready, with being prepared. So it's the idea of preparation, the idea of preparedness, the idea of readiness. Don't be thinking about putting on shoes, but be thinking about being ready, being prepared for the battle. Maybe I can bring it home this way. Paul's not interested in you wearing a belt in the spiritual battle. He's not interested in us wearing a breastplate. That's not his point. He wants our lives to be belted with truth. He wants our lives to be strapped with truth. He he wants our lives to manifest righteousness. That's the emphasis. And when you come to this verse, it's not so much the emphasis being shoes. What is the emphasis is readiness, preparedness, preparation. And the question is, how do I become ready? How do I become prepared? It comes from the gospel. The gospel prepares me. The gospel readies me. The gospel makes me prepared to stand firm. When I put on this readiness that comes from the gospel, that's what makes a difference in my life. And it's not just any gospel. Paul says the content of this gospel is peace. Peace. We come to the end of Ephesians and we haven't read much about peace. It's not mentioned much in these verses, but if you start at the beginning of the book, peace is a key word. When Paul writes to these Christians at Ephesus, he says in chapter 1, verse 2, Grace to you and peace. Peace is something that Paul wanted all of these readers to experience. They were saved. They were saints. But he said, I'm writing to you that you might experience the grace of God in your life, that you might experience God's shalom, God's peace and tranquility in your life. Paul says, I know you have peace with God, but I want you to experience the peace of God in your day-to-day walk. And so as he writes the letter, he says, peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when we come to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22, Paul talks about reconciliation. You see, our fundamental problem when we come into this world is that we're alienated from God. We're at odds with God. And we need to be reconciled to God. That's our ministry, a ministry of reconciliation, going out into this world and telling men and women, boys and girls who are dead in trespasses and sin, who are unsaved, that they need to be reconciled vertically to God. And, and Paul 
lets the Ephesians know that they, as Christians, have peace with God, that they've been reconciled to God. God is no longer their enemy, but God is now their friend. They have repented of their sins and put their faith in Christ. And one of the marvelous blessings of that was peace with God, being God's friend, no longer being at odds and at an enemy of God. If you're without Christ today, you're at odds with God. There's enmity between you and God. But the good news of the gospel is that men and women, boys and girls, can have peace vertically with God. And that's where it starts. But also that we can have peace with one another. And that's why we can't have conflict and bickering and fighting in local churches that continues. It has to be resolved. Because that's what the gospel is all about. That you you have peace with God vertically, but you have peace with one another horizontally. And, And you read Ephesians 2, 11 through 22, it says that Christ is our peace. He's the one that has made it possible for us to have peace. When we have Christ, we have peace. But also, we have peace through the person and work of Christ. Because we've been reconciled to God. But, but the wonderful thing that Paul says in Ephesians 2 is that also Gentiles and Jews who are believers in Jesus Christ have been created into a new man that they might have peace with one another. And, and maybe... That doesn't hit you like it should. What Paul is saying is that slave owners and enslaved people, because of the gospel, can have peace not only with God, but with one another. Blacks and whites who are in Christ can have peace with one another. That's the gospel. The gospel doesn't just simply reconcile us to God, and we all need that. But the gospel also reconciles us to each other so that we have this vertical peace and we have this horizontal peace. And so when Paul talks about the gospel, the gospel of peace, he's saying that the very heart and nature and part of the gospel It's peace, that that, that you can have peace with God, that you can have peace with the person sitting next to you because of Christ in his person and work. And Paul says, the shoes that you are to put on are not literal shoes. It's that readiness, that preparation that enables you to stand firm. And that readiness and that preparation comes from the gospel, which is a message of peace. So the long story puts short, 
I'm saying that Paul is telling us that the third piece of armor is gospel shoes. Having shod our feet, not with sandals, not with boots, but with the fact that we've been made ready and prepared from the gospel that is about peace with God and peace with man. Some of you are troubled. Some of you are disturbed. The Bible, God offers us peace. Peace with God and peace in our various situations and circumstances of life. That's why Paul says in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, you don't have to be anxious about anything. But let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension and understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. For you and I to be worried, to be anxious, is sin. And God says, cast your care upon me because I care for you. I'm concerned about you. I know what you're going through. I know the difficulties. And so the wonderful information and news of the gospel, yes, there's peace with God. There's peace with one another. But there's inward peace also. And so Paul talks about these gospel shoes. He goes into details about them. But having done that, he's still in the equipment room. We're still there with him. And he summarized and pointed out, he's almost like a spiritual salesman saying, these are the gospel shoes. And these shoes, you, you need to shod your feet with them. And the way you do that is by making sure you let the gospel of peace prepare you and ready you. But he's not finished. He's finished with the words of our text, but there's something else that Paul wants us to see with regards to these gospel shoes, and that is the significance, the significance of the gospel shoes. He wants us to see why they are important. Paul said that what I'm telling you is more than information. I'm not just trying to give you understanding about the gospel shoes. I want you to realize that the gospel shoes are important and significant. They're crucial. The, the gospel shoes are important and required for standing firm. My friends, if we're not wearing these gospel shoes, if these gospel shoes are not shodding our feet, if we haven't put these gospel shoes on our feet, there is no way at all we can stand firm. The the means to standing firm comes by putting on the gospel shoes. You know certain individuals. We call them sneakerheads. 
They got all kinds of shoes. But not shoes to wear, but shoes to be seen. You see them on the shelf. And some of you ladies and some of you men, you got shoes galore. Most of them you don't wear, but they're there. But in the uh, uh, footwear industry, there are sneaker heads. Go into their closet, go into a room or their house. There are all these shoes. Have they been worn? Not once. Do they look sharp? Do they look good? Very much so. And maybe on a special occasion, someone would wear them. And, And Paul is trying to get across to his readers when he talks about the importance of the gospel shoes. You gotta do something with these shoes. They're foundational to standing firm. I hope your goal in, your, in the battle that you and I are involved in, that you want more than just simply to make it to the end. God's goal for you, Paul's goal for us, is that we are standing firm when all is said and done. That we have been wearing this gospel armor, this spiritual armor, this armor of Christ. We've been wearing it so that we are now standing firm. Oh yes, there's been evil days. Sometimes we have fallen, but we're standing. We get back up and we're standing firm. And what's helping us to stand firm are these gospel shoes. But the gospel shoes are not just helpful in standing firm. The gospel shoes are helpful in stabilizing us. They provide spiritual stability. This readiness that comes from the gospel that is about peace, that enables you to be stable. Stable, not wobbling, not struggling to stand up, but stability. If you want stability in your life as a Christian, what prepares you for stability is the gospel. And as we'll see in a moment, not just hearing it, And not even just believing it, but practicing it. Show me a Christian whose feet are not shod with the preparation that comes from the gospel of peace. I'll show you a Christian who is stumbling and bumbling on the battlefield. They're being unsuccessful. I'll show you a Christian who's not spiritually stable, but instead they're spiritually wobbling, going back and forth, going up and down, and going round and around. A a lack of stability in their walk with God. So, These gospel shoes are critical. They're significant. They're important. 
But the final thing that I think Paul is saying to us as he has us in that equipment room and he's highlighting the gospel shoes. He says, yes, I've told you all the details about what that means. I've pointed out to you the significance of it, that without this piece of armor, you won't be able to stand. But Paul says, let me tell you how to suit up with these gospel shoes. So in other words, what he's saying is the gospel shoes are to be put on. My friends, it does us no good to have this biblical information about the gospel shoes. It does us no good to know how important the gospel shoes are if we don't strap on the gospel shoes. And so the question is, how? How do I shod my feet with the readiness that comes from the gospel peace? How do I put these gospel shoes on? And may I say to you, you must put them on. God is not going to put the shoe on you. Paul is not going to put the shoe on you. It's your responsibility to take the gospel shoes and to put them on your feet, to shod your feet with these gospel shoes. If you are not active, And instead, you're passive, hoping that somehow, miraculously, you're going to wake up and the shoes are going to be on your feet. You're fooling yourself. The shoes have to be put on by you. Each and every day when I'm at home and it's time to go outside, so to speak, go to work, go to church, or whatever the case might be, I have to put on my shoes. My my wife doesn't say, oh, honey, I love you so much. Let me put on the shoes for you. And I don't say to her, honey, let me squeeze your feet into your shoes. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Just wanted to wake up some of y'all sleeping. So so we got to do this individually. The, The shoes will never get on our feet. And so what this means is positionally the shoes are there when we embrace the gospel, but we have to employ the shoes. We have to use the shoes. And the way that we use the shoes is that we make the gospel of peace a critical part of our life. It's not... This gospel is not just a message we hear when it's time to get saved. It's not just a message at the beginning of our Christian life that we embrace. But the gospel of peace is something that we employ day in and day out in our walk with God. The the shoes have to be worn. And the shoes will prepare us and ready us so that we can stand firm on the battlefield of our Lord. And so the question I ask you and the question that I close with, do you make it a priority in your life 
to wear the gospel shoes. Are you on the battlefield of your Lord, barefooted? Are you on the battlefield of your Lord wearing designer shoes, but not God's shoes? You can have a multitude of shoes, but they will not provide stability. They will not prepare you and enable you to stand firm in the spiritual battle that we are involved in. And so as I mentioned a couple of Sundays ago, we need to rehearse the gospel. We need to remind us that the gospel contains a message of peace, peace with God, vertical peace, peace with one another, horizontal peace, peace within, inward peace. The gospel contains that message. And we can draw on the gospel in order to be ready, prepared, so that we are wearing the gospel shoes that helps us to stand firm. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we bow before you and ask that you would grant us grace, grant us enablement to really understand this third piece of armor, the gospel shoes. Thank you so much for the gospel of peace, the gospel, the good news about peace. Because we encounter men and women, boys and girls, who need to be reconciled to you. And we would ask that you might help us to strengthen our own lives with this message of reconciliation. And that when you grant us opportunities to share it with those. But Father, this passage is more than just proclaiming the gospel. It's being prepared by the gospel. Help us to see how these gospel shoes prepare us and establish us and enable us to stand firm. So as we stand firm on the battlefield, Lord, may we be armed with gospel shoes. This is our prayer, and this is our desire. In Jesus' name, amen.